0: Hey, it's good to see you all through the lens of a camera this morning. I'm praying that you're blessed this morning as I bring a word to you all. I just want to say a special thank you to all the key workers out there that may be watching, NHS workers. From the bottom of my heart, I appreciate what you do. We as a church appreciate all that you've given, your time, your energy, all of that stuff. We love you and thank you for all you're doing. Keep going. Uh, I want to bring a message this morning to you all, a message of hope. This is a time that's challenging for us all, but I believe there is a God who brings us hope in these times. I want to talk about how we can be distinctive, uh, uh, resilient disciples in this time with distinctive hope. So if you're taking notes and you've you've got a Bible with you, maybe you want to uh, turn to Daniel chapter 3, and we're going to read through a bit of that. But also, if you're taking notes, the, the title of this message is Distinctive Hope. And I, I believe that in this time, we need to be a people who hold on to God in this time and, have, and be resilient in our faith. See, things are, are, are shaking us in all sorts of ways, but we can, we can get into God's Word. I want to encourage you guys, now is the time to get into His Word more than ever to be praying and to be seeking his face. So if you've turned your Bibles to Daniel 3, I want to talk through the story and catch up on a few particular verses that I believe God wants to speak to you all this morning. Um, This story, uh, I believe, provides a hope, like an anchor for us all in this time, because I believe that hope can be an anchor for our souls when we hang on to Christ in this moment. So this story is set thousands of years ago, and it's a story of, of three men who found hope and who stood strong in a time of adversity when they were struggling. You know, this is, just to recap the story, Daniel, uh, the book is, is called Daniel, but it's written about a man called Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were actually on a three-year program um, of indoctrination into the Babylonian way of life. And you know, it's so easy to get indoctrinated by the culture that we live in. What's, what's in front of us, what are on our screens, what we're being t- told to do and say and wear and think. And these guys were on that program. And they, there was a king. I'm calling him King Neb. His name was King Nebuchadnezzar, but let's shorten it this morning to make it a bit easier for you all. King Neb. He was he was crazy. He was a bit of a loopy kind of king, bit bit uh, into himself. He actually had a, a a a 90 foot lot tall and a nine foot wide statue made of gold. And here was the thing. He wanted everyone in his kingdom to bow down and worship when music was when the music. Um, was played when harps and lyres and the old schooled instruments were played. He commanded people that they have to bow down. If they did not bow down, they'd be thrown into a fiery furnace. I told you he was a bit crazy. This guy was full on. And so I want to pick up the story because the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they actually dis- didn't want to follow that. They didn't want to follow King Neb's way. And so King Nebuchadnezzar heard about this stuff and they came to him and this. This is what they said in in chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. I, I just find this so profound in this moment. that This is how they responded to him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, to the king. King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If you are thrown into a blazing, if we are thrown into a blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand but even if he does not we will we want you to know your majesty they're very polite as they confront him with this we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up wow what a what a response obviously that response made king Nebuchadne- king Neb as I've been saying pretty mad he was go- he he got he went he, he was furious and he was like, turn that, turn that furnace up seven times hotter and get those guys in there. So they were, were then um, bound and he got the strongest soldiers to gather these men and pull, push them into the fire. And, you know, they, as they got close, the fire furnace was so hot that it actually it, it killed those, those soldiers. That's how hot it was. And we come to the moment in the story, if we pick up in verse 24, maybe you want to track with me. It says this, because these guys were not burnt. They were in the fire. And this is the moment we find. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men tied up and thrown into that fire? They replied, certainly your majesty. He said, look, I see four men. Men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. The fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace. I'm sure he didn't get too close because his men had already been burned. And he said this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Wow, what a moment. He recognized that they were unharmed and unscathed. Do you know... I wonder as you read through this, who you think the fourth person in the fire was? Who do you think it was? You see, King Neb, he thought it was an angel. Some theologians will say there's two options. There's either that it was an angel in the midst of the fiery furnace with them, or it was actually a Christophany. It was actually Christ. Theologians say that Christophany is actually this moment where the physical appearance of Christ is, is in the Scriptures and in history before His incarnation. Basically, Jesus appearing before He came to earth in His bodily form. Wow. Now, I want to speak straight directly to you wherever you're sat. Guys, just as this story says... We're in a furnace right now. We're in a challenging time, some more than others. But I know some of you are isolated. Some of you are on your own. Some of you are finding this time incredibly difficult. And I want to say to you, I want to bring a word directly to your heart and speak to your soul this morning that, you know what? Jesus is in the furnace right now with you. He's amidst your challenging moments. He's with us, not with one or two of us. He's with all of us right now in this moment. I want to encourage you, whatever you're going through, Jesus is in the midst of your furnace. Do you know something that's touched me as I've read this passage, and I was actually writing to be with you via camera this morning by by the Internet, is that I wonder if they were aware of the fourth person. You see, others could see it. They were walking around unharmed and unbound. We don't know how long they were in the furnace. We don't know if they were chatting to that fourth person, if they were actually having a moment, a Christophany moment. We don't know. But I, I need to encourage you guys, Jesus is in the midst of your challenge and your struggle. And I want to track just this final part of the story because this is how it ends. If we go to verse 18, uh, 28, sorry. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and to bed we go. I'm only joking, just making sure you're tracking It's Abednego. bed and go. Who sent his angel, he thought it was an angel, I'm believing it was Christ, to, um, to give up their... Oh, sorry, he sent an angel to rescue his servants. They trusted in him and defiled the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any God except their their own God. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their homes be turned into rubble. For no other God can save this way. I told you this king was loopy. He was loco for all our friends that are dialing in from other countries. You're crazy, yeah? But but here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. I believe in this moment that, that when these guys were in the fire... They didn't know what the future held for them. In fact, they went into the fire maybe thinking that they might have been burnt, maybe thinking that their lives would end ended. Some of you are feeling like that at the moment. But guys, they didn't know the future, but they knew who held the future. They didn't know, they didn't have all the answers, but they knew the one who had all the answers and they put their hope and their trust in Him. And I believe God is raising up a people in this time to be people of distinctive hope. That the world would look at us as individuals and say, they've got something I want. You know, I love the passage in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. It says this, and I've been saying this to myself over and over again. It says this, We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. You know, as Christians, we actually have an anchor for our soul right now. I want to remind you of that, whatever you're going through, that you have an anchor for your soul. And and I don't know what your week's been like, but personally, I've had a challenging week. I've been up and down. I feel like I've been a ship at sea getting tossed around by the waves. And at times when I I think about my prayers and the way I've communicated to God, I've been a little bit double-minded. I've I've pushed towards God. I've pulled away from Him. And James says, a double-minded man is unstable in all their ways. And my friends, I want to encourage you to choose hope in this moment, to choose to trust, put your trust in Jesus. And, and He's going to provide that. I'm just admitting I've had a challenging time. Maybe you have. But you can have an anchor for your soul. You can have a hope that is an anchor for your soul. So I want to look back at a particular three verses now. If you want to turn back and look back to verses 16 to 18. And each point I want to give you. I want to give you three points in this moment. How you can be a people of distinctive hope. You up for, for learning about how we can be a people of distinctive hope? If you are, put an amen or yes, I am on the, on the, on the um, whatever it is next to the YouTube or, or Facebook channel. We, let's communicate with one another. If I'm doing good, feel free to thank me or, or you know, bless the Lord. Uh, anyway, here, here we go. Three, three points straight from this passage. You see, in verse 16, chapter 3, verse 16, this is their response. And this is the first point. Guys, hope does not need to defend itself. Feel free to write that point in the chat. Hope does not need to defend itself. I'll tell you why I know that, because that's what Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego say in response to the king. In response to this challenging moment they're in, they say this, we do not need to defend ourselves in this matter. You know, guys, I want to say to you that that the message of Jesus is so comforting in this moment because I know when I reflect on the gospel, the good news that Jesus came to bring the world, that Jesus offers us a hope and He's actually our defender in this moment. If you feel defenseless, you have a defender right now. You have a a Lord and a Savior that that was there as we've established this morning. I believe Jesus was there at the beginning of, of, of creation. He was there, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, fully God, and, and in that moment, the Trinity. And, and Jesus then stepped back into time 2,000 years ago. And he came as, as God incarnate, God with us. We know that word, Emmanuel, God with us. He came to be with us and to, to show us what love looks like, what hope looks like, what mercy looks like, what grace looks like for the world. And so when I reflect in this moment on the hope that I have in Jesus, I'm, I'm inspired by His life. I'm inspired to know that I'm defended and I do not need to defend myself in this moment. I have a great defender. He came, He lived a perfect life and He died a death for the sins of the world. He was beaten, whipped and on the cross He said, it is finished. Because He took the sins of all of us, Past present and future. And I don't know about you, but that brings me such hope in this time. I pray that it would. But you know, He didn't just die because on the cross He defeated the power of sin for humanity. But three days later, we know and we'll be celebrating at Easter next week, He rose again. There is not a a full grave with, with bones in it that you can go and find. It's an empty tomb, guys. The tomb is empty. My Savior, your Savior, rose again. And He the power of death. So we don't need to be afraid of our sin because Christ has defeated it. And we do not need to be afraid of death because he defeated that as well. And guys, you need to know that in this matter, you do not need to defend yourself. You have a savior who has defended you. You have a a hope that can be distinctive in this moment. Recently, I was in an Uber. Um, I was traveling to a part of London to pick something up. And, you know, all the precautions, the window was down, the Uber driver had his face mask on. It was all good. Don't worry. But basically we got chatting and I'm thinking, I've got a 40 minute ride here. How can I not talk about Jesus? I don't know if you guys have had that moment in, in your, your weeks this time, but let's talk about Jesus. So anyway, I say to him, hey, what do you think about God? What do you reckon? What, what are your thoughts? Do you believe in a God? He goes, here's the thing. I don't understand why people pray to God. He's not there. I've never seen him. And then he went on to say, see, bro, I go out in my car. I I pick people up. I earn money. I go out to the shop. I buy the food. I cook it. I put it on my table. So why would I thank God? I said, I do all of those things. And I agree with you. That's one way of looking at. But there's another way of looking at it. I do all the same things. But I believe that at the end of the day, there's a God who gave me the health the strength, the ability, the mind, all of those things to go out and do those things. So when the food is on my table, I want to thank him. And I want, to, I want to remember the hope that I have in something that I cannot see. He said, yeah, wow, that's some way to look at it. Guys, this is a moment to remember that we have a defender in this time. Hope does not need to defend itself. The second thing we learn in this passage is that hope is built on faith. Maybe one of you want to say amen and write it in that chat. Uh, uh, go for it. Feel free. See, this is their response in verse th- 17 as we track this. We serve, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, from this fire, this furnace, this challenge that we're going through right now. And He will deliver us from Your Majesty's hand. Guys, these, in this moment, we realize that hope is built on faith. Their hope was built on faith. I wonder if you think as you're reading this passage and as you read it later this week, do you guys think that these, th- these men were scared? I think they were petrified. I think they said these statements, but in, they said it in faith. And, and we, we, we prayed it and we sung about it this morning. You know, guys, how do we counteract fear in our life? Because there's a lot of fear. We step into faith. And I know when these, there was a moment in their story and in their life where they stepped into faith because it says this, the God we serve is able, that is a statement of faith. And then the second statement that ramps their faith up even more is able and, and will deliver us. They didn't know that, but they spoke it out in faith. Guys, you can move from fear to faith when you begin to speak out what you believe to be true and what you hope for. Hebrews 11, chapter 1 says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance in what we, about the things we do not see. Guys, this is a time to have hope that is built on faith. How can you step into faith in this moment? What do you need to do? Maybe your prayer life is like, I just can't pray. I'm finding it so difficult to hang on to God in this moment. Well, maybe faith is to pray. Maybe you're you're housebound when the government has told us that we can go for a walk and exercise. Maybe you need to step out in faith and do that. Maybe you're worried about the future of your business or how your work situation is going. Guys, begin to pray. Seek a God who is is a faithful God and who can bring hope in your moment. Take your hope and partner it with faith. The final thing I want to bring to you, the third point that we understand is, guys, hope endures. Maybe you want to put that in the chat. Hope endures. This is the moment and it's actually brought such comfort to my heart in these times where I don't have answers and I'm looking to people, you know, I'm looking to our government, I'm looking to to God, I'm looking to others around me. And this is a time where our hope needs to endure. And guys, hope endures. They say this, but even if he does not, we want you to know, Your Majesty, we will not serve your gods. You see, there are gods right now that we can serve. The God of fear, the God of worry, the God of self, uh, um, self-preservation. But there is a, an, a, a King of kings and a Lord of lords that we can look to right now and put our hope in. And guys, this statement that even if he does not is just beautiful You know, I don't know about you, but there's been prayers over the years that I've seen answered. I've seen God do miracles, but I also have questions. Why hasn't God answered this prayer? Or Why hasn't God done this? And even when I was a young person, why did God allow my parents to be divorced? Why did God not get me out of this situation? Why did this happen? I've been physically healed from eczema. There's barely a trace of it on my body, but I haven't been healed from asthma. Why? There's so many questions. And in this moment, you, there's why, 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 why. We're all struggling with that. We're all asking the why, why questions. But I want to give you one answer in your moment of struggle. I believe that the, even if He does not, even if God does not come through in a way that I thought He would, I want to encourage you, that is actually an answer to you in this time. Even if He does not, I will continue to have hope. I will continue to to allow my um, my hope to endure. Guys, there's many mysteries. There's many unknowns in this life. And I hate to break it to you. You will always have questions. If we could understand God, He wouldn't be that great. If we could understand all information and knowledge, life wouldn't be that interesting. But I want to encourage you to let your hope that is deep within you rise up and endure in this time. As I finish, I want to read to you just this powerful story that has touched my heart and brung brung such courage to my soul because there's people around the world that are bringing hope. There's people, there's, there's great stuff out there. There's a picture that's going to come up on the screen. It's of a young girl called, a Nigerian girl called Leah. And as I read this story, just look at this image and let the Spirit of God touch you wherever you are, bring hope to your soul. It marked two years, just over a year ago, that Leah, when she was 15 years old, was the only Christian taken when the Islamist group Boko Haram abducted 109 girls during a raid on a school in Dapache in northern Nigeria. Boko Haram, Boko Haram later released 104 of those girls, with the last five thought to have died in captivity. Captivity. Leah was held because she refused to denounce her faith. And according to her father, he said in March, after hearing that Leah had turned down an opportunity to to be released if she converted to Islam, that he was very sad, but also jubilant because my daughter did not denounce Christ. Wow, what a response from a father who's missing his young daughter. Leah also refused to blend in with other captives wearing a hijab. According to friends who were released, she sent this message with one of her friends to her mother saying this, My mother, you do do not need to be disturbed. I know it's not easy missing me, but I want to assure you that I am fine where I am. I am confident that one day I shall see your face. If not, this is a moment for her where she's saying, even if he does not, then there, then I will see you at the bosom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Guys, be encouraged by what people are doing right now in moments of tragedy and struggle and strain. And I just want to speak to those of you who are watching and give you all an opportunity right now. Maybe some of you are watching and you're just tuning in because a friend sent you a stream or a link or whatever. Or maybe you're, you've, you've been kind of lost in your journey with Christ. And I want to invite you to make a decision to follow Him again and put your hope and your trust in Him. The Bible says those who hope in the Lord will not be put to shame. And so I want to invite people. Maybe some of you have never actually given your life to Jesus. I want to take a moment and to pray with you. Guys, There is a hope that can can be an anchor for your soul. And if you put your trust and your hope in Jesus, you turn away from your old way of living, sinful way of living and, and your own selfish way of living and choose to follow him. I believe he will give you life and life to the fullness. He won't promise you an easy life, but he will promise that he will be with you from now until forever. So I'm going to pray a prayer and then we're going to go back into a time of worship. But Lord Jesus, I pray and I just want to look into the camera because I want to look to those who need this right now. Maybe some of you have lost hope. You want to put your hope back into Christ. You want to get an anchor for your soul. Or maybe some of you, for the first time, you want to invite Jesus into your life. I'm going to pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your death on the cross. I thank you that on the cross you died for sins that I've committed and and the world has committed past, present and future. In this moment, I choose to put my hope and my trust in you. I choose to turn away from my old way of living and accept you, Lord Jesus, as Lord of my life. I thank you that you died for me and you rose again so I don't need to be afraid of anything in this life because there's something better to come. I put my hope in you in this moment. I confess you as Lord and believe in my heart that you're good and that you have a life ahead of me. I thank you for all you've done and I choose to put my trust in you right now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. I also want to take a moment to pray for some of you. Maybe some of you have lost hope. Put your hand on your heart right now. Maybe you want to stand even where you are and say, Jesus, I I choose to put my trust and my hope in you right now. Father, for those of you that are those, those that are watching, Lord, touch them right now. Holy Spirit, come into their room wherever they are and bring hope right now. Spirit of God, thank you for your peace and your hope that endures. I bless all those that are watching in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. We're gonna go back into a time of worship. Just let the Holy Spirit soak over your hearts and minds right now. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.